So uh, Donna decides uh, to go get Brandon so he's not stuck with the small kids the whole time this morning. She brings him over and he goes, okay, well, I'm going to stay for worship, but, but not daddy's teaching. So I guess he gets enough of that at home. Oh, Romans 8, 26. Now, last week we talked about a very controversial subject uh, for some in the, in the Christian faith, which, which talks about the sons of God and who are the sons of God. And, and we've determined from the scripture that we are the sons of God. And that term means that, that we, we are not the same as Jesus, okay? We don't, uh, the men, sorry guys, we don't get our own planet with a whole bunch of women running around like some faiths teach. It's just not biblical, okay? Um, so sorry to disappoint you if you believe that. But we are not gods. We are adopted into God's family, okay? And then this week we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, which is, can be controversial, but it, it's a great passage in Romans here in Romans 8. And then next week we're going to go into predestination. So i uh, give you a little taste of that. So for those that are sitting there going, well, you know, how can we be predestined yet have our own choice? And, and that'll be a fun topic that we will address next week. People fight and they clam. I mean, they will stop communicating. They will stop having fellowship together over that one question, um, among many others, uh, which is, is not a good thing as, as believers to do. But we'll address that next week. So just that I give you a heads up of what direction we're going. But uh, Romans 8.26 in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. And He searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose." For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. For those, uh, yeah, okay, so we'll stop there for, for right now. But, but before Christ came, okay, Judaism, um, Old Testament, okay, Judaism, same as uh, that's around today, believed and viewed the Holy Spirit as an undeveloped spirit of God. It was just kind of something there that they didn't really know what to do with. It came down into action every now and then and helped the, the people of Israel, but basically just kind of stayed out there, you know. And so they communicated with God, and there was no trinity. Uh, the spirit was just kind of there. And Jesus comes along, in Jude, you know, in Judaism, and he's a, he's a priest himself. He, he is, tr uh, uh, tr well, he's untrained, but he's trained by God. He knows everything. He is God. And as a rabbi, he reveals that God is actually a trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. Now, the Muslims believe, and they misunderstand, and think that we believe in three gods that we actually have three separate gods that we believe in. And for them, that's very blasphemous. But we don't. We have a God that's three in one person, okay? Um, and Jesus begins to teach that not only about the, you know, the Father, he begins to teach about the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus dies, and he's resurrected, and he ascends up to the Father. And, you know, and then Pentecost happens 50 days later, and, the, and the, you know, the Holy Spirit comes down and lives into the people, and, and then persecution hits, and a man named Saul, 
He's a Pharisee. He oversees the most brutal persecutions against Christians until he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And we all know the story. Uh, hopefully you know the story. If not, come talk to me. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But, but uh, you know, uh, his name was Saul, and now he is Paul, okay? And that's why we keep saying, if we use those words interchangeably, we're talking about two di- I mean, we're talking about the same person using two different names, okay? And, uh, and, and you know, Jesus just anoints Paul and takes him out into the desert of Arabia and then puts him on this lifetime of restudying the scriptures. Paul or Saul actually already knew the scriptures pretty well. He was wealthy enough to own a Bible, the Old Testament, okay? And it's not like this, okay? We're in mass production. How many Bibles do we have at home? Okay, at least for me, I can tell you, I got a ton of different Bibles, different versions, different, you know, different things and different translations, and I, I got way too many of them at home, in a sense. Back then, to have Scripture, that was a huge thing. He could afford that, so he did that. He had the scrolls, and he began to see the Holy Spirit when he started reading the Old Testament again, the, the Scriptures again. Saul becomes Paul and begins to write what God teaches him. And, and he is just a prolific writer. He's a wonderful writer. So we've been studying one of the books for a few weeks called Romans, just a few weeks here. And in chapter 8, Paul has begun to teach us about the Holy Spirit. So let's review some of it, okay? Chapter 8, verse 1, Paul tells us that, that we as believers should not walk according to the flesh, but should walk according to the Spirit. Then in verse 2, he teaches us that the Holy Spirit frees us from sin and death. And then in verse 5 and 6, Paul says, we have to set our minds with a focus ourselves on the Spirit, on the things of the Spirit, if we're going to make it through this life, if we're going to break through and have a relationship, to, you know, to experience what John calls the life that is the life. You know, there's, there's living life. You know, there's times of happiness and times of sadness and all that. But that is totally different than joy. To live the life that is the life is to have joy in our life that no matter what happens, we know that God is in control. Whether it was Hillary Clinton going to win the election or Donald Trump winning the election, we know that God is in control. So don't worry our heads too much, okay? We know. We have to focus our minds. We have work to do, so we should focus. Now, some of us have a hard time with this, don't we? We have a hard time with focusing. Man. But with the Holy, you know, the help of the Holy Spirit, we still have to do it. Sometimes we've got to turn off the TV. I mean, with, with Lisa gone, I mean, we, I can't tell you how many times I've watched Cars, The Life of, Do- I mean, the, the life of Pets, and yeah. Every morning, Brandon, I mean, Grayson gets up and he goes, Brum. I'm like, what are you trying to say? And then finally, he'll, he'll realize I'm wanting him to say a word. And finally, he'll go, Mac, because he can't say queen, you know, like McQueen, you know, Mac. He wants to see the movie Cars, okay? But sometimes we've got to turn off the TV as adults, okay? And we have to stop going to certain movies. We have to, we have to stop renting certain movies or, or watching them on TV. And, and we need to, you know, we, we have to watch what books we might read. We need, to, we need to start replacing these things 
with the things of God. This is like vegetables that we need to get healthy, right? Okay, that's all I'm going to say. I'll just leave it there. But, but then in verse 9, something that we take totally for granted, that after we accept God as our Savior, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And I've been talking with Brandon about this because he's been kind of wondering how that all works. And we'll talk about that and talk about how God is with him all the time. So he doesn't have to be nervous about this or uh, upset about that, that God is there. So the whole world, you know, I mean, it's actually with us all the time. And the spirit that's, that's in us is not in everyone. The whole world is not with God. Plain and simple. Uh, you know, I, I, wish, I wish the whole world was with God. I wish I didn't tell a person, no, that person's not going to, to heaven. We actually had somebody get uh, upset and walk out here once when, when they heard me talk about Muhammad Ali. He, he just passed away. And, and I said, you know, everybody's out there going, you know, all such. And I'm like going, I'm, I'm like, man, if he, he was a good man, but unfortunately he's not with God. That upsets me. I, I wish it was different, you know, different. But we try to avoid that. We try to say, oh, no, every, everybody's good. Everybody gets to... No, you have to make a choice. Biblically, it teaches us that you have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That He's the only true one God. Now, in verse 11, Paul teaches us that the Holy Spirit gives us the ability and the power to live for God. So many of us are like, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. We're trying on our own, right? When help is right there. And he gives us that ability to live for God. And then in verse 13, it is good, you know, he says, it's a good thing that, that it's this way. Because living according to the old sinful self brings what? Death. Living like, you know, living with the flesh. Living like the world brings death. It brings destruction. It brings hurtful things. I mean, if you, if you think of it, certain things we do over and over and over can bring death, right? It's not just spiritual things, but physical things also. It can hasten death, the things that we do. So we have to, have to you know, live according to the Spirit. We have to live in the Spirit. Then in verse 14 it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So we're, we're going along and, and we're doubting our salvation. Maybe we haven't felt the presence of the Lord for a while. And we've already accepted God, but we're sitting there going, I don't know. And, and then there it is, the Spirit's leading. And we feel God in us. And it can, you know, it's confirmed in us. And it's like, hey, Alan, you are still a child of God. Don't forget that I'm here. You just weren't on the right frequency for a while. Or the Lord was being silent for a reason, you know. But nonetheless, the Spirit leads us. And according to verse 15, it releases me of the fears that I might have. Now, how many of us have fears? We could all raise our hands, right? We all have fears of different things in our life, okay? God can relieve us of those fears, and He reminds us that He is not a scary Father. He's a Father that we can say, Abba, Father. He's a Father that we can jump up into His lap. He's our adopted Father. And then in verse 16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
So somehow the Spirit of God communicates with the Spirit that's within us in a spiritual way. We have this connection and we start to hear His voice. Like it says, my sheep know my voice. And we talked about that, about knowing the voice. You know, my kids know my voice. With God, I ought to understand His voice. Unfortunately, many Christians have given up on hearing the voice of God. Well, I tried once or I tried twice and I haven't really heard, so I've just kind of shut down. Now, in today's scripture, Paul tells us in verse 26. So I'm trying to go back and and tell you all the stuff that he said about the Spirit. And then we get to this. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, how does he do this? Well, the word help means he comes beside us and he helps pick up the load where we say, Lord, you know, we're like, Lord, I, don't come beside me and pick up the load. Here, Lord, you take the load. And we throw it in his lap. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. We're like, Lord, solve this problem at work. Fix this thing independent of me. And God's like, no, 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 I want you involved. You just can't dump it. You have to work along with me. It's our helpmate in a sense. There are scriptures that say, cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. Cast your burdens on the Lord. But at times, that's a cop-out for us because we don't want to do any of the work. There are times I I will coach my son on something, you know, baseball or something, instead of doing it for him so he learns from it, right? Because if I were going out there, here, give me that bat, let me hit it for you, would that do any good? No. No. Now, I thought my kid wouldn't be a baseball kid, you know, and then he's out playing with a neighbor kid, and he just nails that ball, and, and I'm like, okay, time to buy him a bat and a ball, you know, let's start teaching him. As a coach, you know, he learns from it. The best teachers, the best coaches, they don't do the work for you. They're there, they're, they're there to direct you, they're there to counsel you, they're there to show you sometimes, but you still have to do the work. You have to break through and learn. Then the coach sometimes will just totally ignore, just annoy you. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let me rephrase this. Your parents will totally ignore you, I mean annoy you at times, right? Okay, no reaction there hardly. No one's parents were annoying here. Okay, I get it, okay, okay. Here's how you did it wrong last time. Let me show you this time. And you're like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. My son does that. You know, hey, Brandon, let me show you. I know, I know. Just let me play. You know. But to reach our potential, we have to learn. Our problem is we just want the answer. Do you remember back in high school? For some of you, it's a little longer, you know, but some of you, it's a little shorter, you know. But back in high school, when you figured out the questions for the math questions, the odd answer, you know, the odd questions, the answers were in the back of the book. Do you remember that? Oh, we love that, right? We could get the answer and we could work the problem backwards and go, wow, I did it. But there's a reason why they didn't do that for the even questions, right? They used the odd to help teach you so you could learn how to do it on the others, you know? Wow. We're like, Holy Spirit, you work it out for me. But Paul says, wait, the Holy Spirit helps you work through it in our weakness. It's, it's really the same word as, as God's using for a husband and wife when, when it's, he tells Adam, I'm giving you a helpmate. 
It's not someone to do it for you. It's someone to help you along in life. You both have great attributes, right? If you're a husband, if you're married here, you better be shaking your head. You both have great attributes, right? Yeah, she's, she's wonderful, yeah. But the Holy Spirit has wonderful attributes to help you along in life. Now, let me ask you a personal question. Have you been working with a personal weakness lately? Mm. Now you're like going, you, if you're thinking about should you do you want to tell us? <laughs> you're like, no, no, just keep going, just keep going, you know? What's the weakness that you've been struggling with? Maybe it's a person. You really wish God would take them away. And I don't mean death, okay? I mean, right now, people are just going, I wish Donald Trump would just die, you know, or whatever. You know, okay, whatever, you know. But sometimes we're like that with our enemies, right? The people that we look at as our enemy, we're like, we just wish they would die. And we don't really mean that. We just want them to go away, you know. Like, move out of town. God, could you just get them another job in another state and let them move, you know. Or could they move away from my desk to the other end of the office or something? The question I would have to ask is, have you been allowing the Holy Spirit to help you? Or have you just given up on the Holy Spirit or just ignored the Holy Spirit? So you're out there trying to do it on your own, not allowing yourself to have help. In other words, you're ignoring the coach's advice. Playing the game without going to practice. You know, practice is worthless. You just want to get to the game. Imagine, you know, we're having, you know, NBA finals right now or, you know, the basketball, the, the playoffs and stuff. Imagine if as Seth Curry or, or, you know, LeBron James just showed up to games and never practiced with any of the, the teammates. Would that really work out that well? Would they be in the playoffs? I mean, LeBron, he's the, he's the greatest living, I mean, active player right now. You can debate later whether Michael Jordan was better and all. Okay, whatever, you know. But, I mean, I grew up with Jordan. Jordan was just, oh, man, you know. He could leap through the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, but imagine, I mean, he's the greatest player active right now, yet if he only showed up to games, would that work? No, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. I had a, you know, I used to play basketball a lot, um, not so much more. I need a place to play basketball. Uh, but, uh, you know, I can remember back in high school and, and my youth pastor, we just got this brand new youth pastor at our church and, and we're playing basketball and, and he was a phenomenal basketball player and we're going down the court. I, don't, I actually used to play full court, you know, but uh, he, he did this behind the back pass that I was not expecting. And that pass ended up knocking me upside the head. I mean, just whack. And I just flopped right down on the ground. I mean, I, it was just like, where did that come from? Now, three years later, when we were still playing together, when he did that behind the back pass, guess what? I caught it. It was the practice. It was being together. It's that way with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to help. He says, don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on hope. So, you know, sometimes we're in a tough situation and, and, and the Holy Spirit will, will pick up his part and he'll stop, start moving forward. But we have to do our part. Romans 8, 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. <laughs> 
Man, that's a big one right there. We don't know what to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, as we learned last week, who are the saints? Not New Orleans, okay. If anything, they're the opposite, okay. But I'm just saying, you know, but who are the saints? Oh, that, that was a wonderful answer, people. Come on, who are the saints? We are. We are the saints of God, okay? You know, we, we look, no, no, St. Teresa is a saint, right? No, 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 no. According to the Bible, according to the scriptures, you and I are saints. Unfortunately, the church has taken this and, and kind of changed the meaning, and, and it's really unfortunate to mean the, a dead person who's uh, done a whole bunch of stuff, they deserve what's called sainthood. What's interesting, if you're part of the Russian Orthodox Church, it's amazing how many Russians are saints. That's just amazing. I, I just, you know. And then if you go over to the Greek Orthodox Church, there's not so many Russians, but there's a lot of Greeks that are saints. The Roman Catholics, there's a lot of Italians. And I'm not trying to laugh at other churches' traditions, okay? They're trying to say, hey, Let's hold up this person. This is a person we ought to go, wow, they had some great attributes in their life that we ought, to, we ought to like gear our life toward because they're following Christ, okay? That's the whole idea. But it's turned into this whole sainthood thing that, that these are saints and you, you are little people. No, we're all saints. We're the saints of God. In fact, uh, if you do a study in the New Testament and the Old Testament, anytime the word saint is there, it's, it's in plural. It's, it's not saint, it's saints. It's always talking about the saints, the people of God. I mean, Mother Teresa was declared a saint, and, you know, but the latest pope, I mean, he's on fast track of being a saint, you know? Guess he had more bonus points or something. I don't know. But how do they decide this stuff? I mean, I totally disagree with that. The Bible disaffirms that. It's not biblical truth. They may be great individuals, but don't ever, t you know, the, the, again, the, the word saint is plural in the Bible. You go back to the Greek, and, uh, you know, it means a group of people who call themselves believers. Do the word study. If you want to come back and talk to me about it, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a saint. So how many saints do we have? A ton. There's a ton of saints across this world, right? There's a ton of saints in Tulare, and I guarantee you, it doesn't feel like that, does it? But there are. Hmm. So, I, you know, we've hired a whole bunch of painters to paint your picture. Everybody gets a picture. Everybody gets a plaque, a big mural, a little bobble doll on the front of the car or something, you know. This is what we do for saints, right? Everybody's going to have a book written about them, Right? It doesn't really matter. If you're a saint, you're, you're, your name's in the best book, the book of life. And that's what matters. Okay, verse 27, it says, The Spirit intercedes for the saint. The Greek word means he keeps on interceding. It's not like he just does it once. He keeps on. It literally means to stand in the gap. It literally means to, to be there like a lawyer, you know, or the Holy Spirit is, is with the Father at all times. And, and the lawyer, you know, at the same time, the saint, uh, we're in a friendly courtroom. 
We, we go before God and we answer for our actions and, and He intercedes with us to the friendly judge. And He basically says, don't worry, things are going to work out according to the will of God. Which is really good because we often don't know the will of God, right? He intercedes for us because here we're praying about this and sometimes we don't even know what to say. We're just like, God, I, God I, we just don't know what to say. And the Spirit up there is telling God what God needs to hear. Now, not that God needs to hear, but you know what I'm saying. He's up there pleading our case. So here's the deal. With the help of the Holy Spirit, over time, with a lot of practice, we begin to pray like Jesus. Not my will here, but according to your will. God, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. I just know. I have my hopes. I have my dreams. I have my, what I would want to do here, God. But whatever you want to do, I'm okay with. Man, that's, to get to that point. Now, it's one thing to say it in general. It's another thing to say, my child is hurt, or my grandmother that I love, or, or this person, or, or, you know, throw in whatever situation it is. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen here, but your will be done, and I'm okay with that. That's maturity. That's Christian maturity. We're so easily distracted, aren't we? We sit down for dinner and we'll pray ahead of time, trying to teach our kids the whole idea of communicating with God and talking with God and being thankful and all those wonderful things. But we get so easily distracted because we have one son that doesn't cooperate with that. I don't know why. 23 months old, he should know. I mean, he knows a lot already. I mean, last night I go in to take him into bed and and he's got all these foam letters and stuff, and he starts going through the box, and he picks out, and he's like, D! And then, like, above his room, we have all the letters, uh, you know, we have kind of like a chair rail, really high, and letters up on the wall, and he goes, D! And he's looking around. He knows a lot, but he does not cooperate when we pray. And guess who's distracted? Our other son. Hey, Brandon, I mean, Grayson, close your eyes. Grayson, you're supposed to be praying. No, Grayson, no, you're not supposed to be eating. Stop eating. I mean, just, and we're like, Brandon, come on, it's your time. Let's pray. It's your turn to pray, you know? But we're like this as adults, too. We start praying, and then we start thinking about the list of things that we need to be done, you know, that need to get done, or, or our minds just wonder to, man, that TV show was really good, or I like that food that I just ate, or, oh, man, that, oh, that wasn't that. I mean, we just get distracted. That's how it is. Man, if you want more out of your prayers, you need to start talking to God more. You need to be unsatisfied with your relationship with God and strive for more. We need to go to God more often to settle ourselves down. We need to just relax before God. You don't have to spend the whole time talking. You don't have to spend the, the whole time asking things. We just need to sit with God and learn to listen. If you spend 15 minutes before God each day, I guarantee you will start to see more prayers answered. Now, if you're at zero, 
If you start to spend three minutes with God, I guarantee you'll start to see more prayers answered. And then you build up from there, okay? Uh, you know, uh, there's some people that can do the whole hour thing with God every day. You know, I, I have my hour quiet time. I'm like, really? I, my mind doesn't work that way, okay? I, if, I have to break that up if I'm going to do that, you know? But we have to spend more time with God. We don't get intercession from the Holy Spirit that we need, and we miss this wonderful connection that we have with Him. We need to get there. Our peace of mind, man, I tell you, we need that peace in our lives, right? This world will just go after you and keep you from getting any peace. And God is the one that gives us that peace. And the Holy Spirit reminds us to that. To say, that is the mind of God that I want to know. And I want that in my life. This is why I get up on Sunday mornings to go to church. This is why I fellowship at the church. This is why, you know, I go is because I want to make the connection. You know, it's like going to a phone company for a connection and getting the fastest connection for the internet that you could ever have and not having a smartphone or a computer. That's just odd, right? You know, back before smartphones, it'd be like going and getting a phone line for your home and, and, you know, even two lines, you know, but not owning a phone and never plugging into it. We go, well, that's just dumb. Well, then why do we accept Jesus and then never plug into God? The accepting Jesus is down. You get to go to heaven. That's, you know, I, I'm not going to fight with you about that. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... Say that he's the one, you know, only son of God. You accepted him in your life. You're going to heaven. That's what the Bible says. We hold on to that. That's great. But there's so much more power there. Plug into it. Psalms 32, 8. David, or God says to David, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And then he says this, do not be like a horse or a mule, which have no understanding and must be controlled by bit or bridle, or they will not come to you. I will counsel you. I will just do, I will instruct you. I will do it with a loving eye. Now, don't be a horse's ass. Okay, that's basically what he's saying. Don't be something that can't be controlled. Come to me. We have to develop a relationship where the Lord just looks at us and we come right over. There are times when Grayson doesn't want to do what, I'm do, what I want him to do, and I'll give him that look. And he's starting to learn. When Daddy gives that look, he really wants you over here. Brandon knows that look, okay? Grayson's starting to learn that. But he also knows when I have this great smile and I put my arms down like, I want a hug. He'll come running over. He'll just give me a hug. That's what the Lord's saying. I got a loving eye to you. Come to me when I open my arms. Some of us are like, well, Helen, I'm so far from that with God. I say, don't, don't settle. Don't give up. God is willing 
to build that. You know, for the same relationship with God that most Americans really have. You know, we, we say, look at my relationship with God, and there's a huge field out there, and we say, wow, a mile wide. You know, what a great relationship. And then we grab a shovel and start digging, and we go, oh, it's only like an inch deep. See my point? We need deepness with God. We're supposed to go deep with God and say, I want to crave more. I will do whatever it takes to go deep with the Lord, to align ourselves with Him and say, I want your help. And then God says, great, this is why you have the Holy Spirit in you. He is your helper. He will help you mature. And then we get to Romans 8, 28. It comes into play for us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. This is a verse that, that, that many Christians have learned, and, and if you haven't, you need to memorize this one, okay? We know that in all things, God works for good of those who love him. Now, don't just stop there. That's only half the verse, okay? Well, everything's going to work out because God loves me. I'm going to go down this path of destruction, but it should work out because God loves me. No, 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 no. For those are called according to his will. That means we need to be on the path of God, and then all those things will work out good. We know. We do not wish. We know. I mean, there are things we don't know, right? I'm a curious guy. I don't know why a bumblebee flies. In fact, scientists cannot determine why a bumblebee should not be able to fly. Okay? We don't know that. Now, there's other things that we don't know. Do you know how a computer works? No, I just go in there and start typing on it and it just communicate. I don't know. It just has these capacitors and it has these other things and it just, just works, right? There are things that we don't know now that we will know later that God will let us in on. But let's remember, the Bible tells us there are things that we can know. And we know this. We know that in all things, God works for good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose. So if we love God and we're called according to his purpose, we can know that everything will work out for good. Is that a great thing? That should, oh man, that's a great thing. Now, it doesn't mean it's always easy, right? Have you ever got a great, wonderful, just, just an awesome thing that you really had to work hard for? Yeah, it doesn't always come easy but it will work out for good. How do we know this? Well, the Holy Spirit confirms, uh, it, confirms it with us. Uh, you know, uh, how do we know this? Our experience confirms it too. In our lifetime, we will see hints. We will see times when God is totally active in whatever it is, and we go, wow, man, I wish every day could be like this. You know, just recently, 
Lisa and I have experienced this, you know, several times in our, our life uh, over the years. But, I mean, we wish we could experience it all the time, but, it just, you know, God gives us little glimpses. God gives us little times. I mean, just recently with the adoption of Grayson, and I've talked about this over and over, but, but I, mean, I mean, who shows up at a restaurant and approaches you and says, will you adopt my child? I mean, that happens every day to you, right? I mean, I... At a restaurant that we weren't even planning on being at, at a restaurant where the birth mother was not actually planning on being at that day, she was looking for her family and she just decided, well, they have their cell phones off, they like to eat there, let me go there, you know? She felt the prompting of God right when she saw us. She didn't walk into the restaurant thinking, who can I give my child away to today? You know? Who can I sucker into taking this child? No, in her situation, she knew she shouldn't keep the child in the difficult situation she was in. She had chosen, I'm not going to abort this, this baby. There's no way I would do that. So when the Lord prompted her, he had positioned us in the right place at the right time, in the right restaurant, for the right conversation. Now, knowing that, or actually not knowing, that we had just decided some things. We had all Brandon's stuff, and we needed to get rid of it. We had stuff out of our ear. We still have stuff out of our ears at our house, but I'm just saying, you know, we kept every little thing from Brandon. We had just decided, okay, if this is what the Lord has for us, one child, we're okay with that. We went to specialists, and they said, hey, you could, her company would spend thousands and thousands of dollars. They would pay 80% of in vitro. We decided we didn't want to do that, but we went to the specialist to find out. I mean, what company, I mean, you know, with insurance, especially today, they would spend thousands of dollars. And the doctor's like, we'll do it if you want us to. But we decided this is what God has for us. That's fine. And the Lord's like, finally, you finally come around to my position. I will take care of you. Now I have something really special for you. You see, we were called into this situation, and it worked out good. And I'm sure every one of you has a situation. Every one of you has something like that. Brandon now has a little brother he, he loves. I have another ch a child to impart my wisdom to. I know, I just lost you. I know, I know. Lisa has another child to change diapers for. I mean, okay, okay. But it all worked out good is what I'm saying. The grandparents who thought they would have no ability to be around this grandchild once it was, you know, adopted out are now going on vacation with Lisa and I over the summer. Can you believe that? I know, we're going to chase them off probably. But anyway, but the Lord worked it out for good. Now, that's the most recent situation. I could go back. I could bore you with multiple stories throughout our life of when God was in the middle of a situation. But I'm not going to do that this morning. But I, I think you can all understand, you know, with, with the adoption as fresh and you're sitting there going, I know we've heard it too many times. Shut up, Alan. Okay, anyway. But could I have worked all that out myself? No. There's no way. Too many variables. But I know. I know that in all things, God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according 
to his purpose. Sometimes we get to see how those things work out. And it's wonderful when we do. And how the pieces kind of all fit together. And we just step back and we just like, we're in awe of it. Most of the time we don't get to see the big picture. I wish we got, you know, we catch little glimpses here and there. I wish, I wish we could see more of the big picture. But most of the time we don't. So we hold on to those times when we clearly see the workings of God. So we can say we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. We know it. We've seen it. So we do know it. And those times that we doubt, what do we do? We hold on to that. We look back and we remember that. And we go, okay, we need to remind ourselves that we know. You know, Lisa and I, it's funny. We have people that come up to us and say, we heard about your adoption. It's a really cool story. Tell us about it. And we're like, you lived next door to us for three years now, you know? I mean, you know, I had one neighbor a couple of months ago literally come approach me and say, hey, Alan, if another woman approaches you and says that they have a baby that needs to be adopted, we're willing. You know, like it happens every day, you know? Stay away, we got enough, you know? I mean, no. Another neighbor this past month, uh, this past month said, tell me about your, your adoption. Grayson's almost two years old. You would think that they would, you know, know all the details, but they want to know about it because they see something special there. And the specialness is not Alan and Lisa, it's not Brandon. The specialness is, well, I mean, I would say it's not Grayson, but he does great. But the specialness of this whole situation is God being in the middle of it. Now, I don't go around saying, well, let me tell you my story. But I'm certainly willing to talk about it. I mean, you're like, come on, you shut up about it, okay, you know? But I see the hand of God through the whole situation. So we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. See, the world calls this karma, but it's not karma, okay? It doesn't say all things work out for all people. Does it say that? No. For those who love him. Not a promise for someone who doesn't love the Lord. You can't reject God and then say, how come my life hasn't worked out? It just doesn't work that way. When life doesn't work out, maybe you should look to God. See, that's the good thing. See, you can't be bitter with God if you reject Him and reject His ways. You can try to be bitter with God, but it's kind of your own doings. See, God is, God's love is not, if you love God, then his love is conditional or unconditional. Or, I mean, let me rephrase this. God's love is unconditional toward you when you were his child. The way we, we know that we're his children is that we obey him. It's a lifelong journey. See, Brandon most of the time obeys me. But is he going to obey you all the time like he does his parents? No. He knows that we're his parents. Now, for some reason, and, and children go through this phase, and, and uh, Donna will appreciate this, or any other teachers will appreciate this. The children think that their teacher is the almighty of answers. You know what I'm saying? Brandon comes home and says, well, Mrs. Lil says... 
until a certain age, but you know, um, they get up in junior high, you're just a teacher, you're just whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, but you know, the, the young ones, they're like, and he's like, well, Mrs. Lil says, and we're like, well, yes, but there is another way to do this. Well, no, 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 no. Mrs. Lil says, we're like, Brandon, we do know some stuff too, you know. Anyway, why am I going off on that? I don't know. But the way we, we know where God's children is, we obey God. We try to obey God. We do. Lifelong journey. One, one area at a time. We can't fix everything in our lives. One area at a time. See, His love is not dependent on whether we are good or bad. <laughs> Thank the Lord, right? Because when we sin, guess what? God forgives. And that's an okay thing. But for things to work out, we need to be on the path that's the will of God according to His purpose. We can't think, I'm totally sinning in this area of my life, but, but since I'm a Christian, this area ought to work out for good. No, it doesn't quite work that way. That's a convoluted way of, of thinking. What is fascinating about God is when Romans 8, 28 comes into our lives, God can take the mess of our lives, and some of us have a mess of our lives, right? Some of us are sitting there going, my life right now is a, is a mess. And that, you know, that's an okay thing because that can drive you to God, can drive you to God. The fascinating thing is, is he takes that mess and he weaves it and works it to where everything comes together and can make it into a beautiful thing. When you're sitting there going, wow, I thought it was a mess. And God says, it was. And I've made it into a beautiful thing. So we're like... God, how can you weave two divorces, an abortion, alcoholism, greed into a beautiful life? He says, because I'm a Romans 8.28 God. I'm really good at this. He's the only one that can do it. And he does it with the help of the Holy Spirit, his spirit living in us. And he brings it all together. The Lord takes a mistake and he saves it. And when the time comes, he uses it for good. That's a beautiful God. He doesn't just get rid of the bad things in our lives. And sometimes we're like, can you just get rid of it? I don't want to be reminded of it. God's like, no, no, no. I got that saved in the shed for a reason because I'm going to bring that out at the right time and I'm going to use it and you're going to see how, how amazing I can be to use that ugly thing that you hate that's in the shed. He makes a mistake and he saves it. When the time comes, he uses it for good. So the last thing is what? We know. We know that in all things God works for good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So you have to ask yourself, have you been called according to His purpose? Well, how does that start? One is being a Christian, accepting Jesus in your savior, you know, as your Savior. And then secondly, it means... The path that I'm on, am I on the path that God wants me to be on? Yes or no? It's a simple question. Now, our emotions all roll up into that, and it becomes difficult. But it's a simple question. Yes or no, am I on the path that God wants me to be on? You need to go to God with that. 
And you go to God and say, I don't know what to say. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is inwardly groaning to God and telling God what you really need. Hmm. It's a beautiful thing.